Kings of the Ring is wrestling's first audio drama podcast as a fictional retelling of the 1980s wrestling industry. It is inspired by the real-life people, stories, and legends of wrestling's past. In the same way, a movie like Tim Allen's Galaxy Quest is inspired by the real-life people, stories, and legends of Star Trek. The time is 1984, and the most beloved promoter in all of wrestling died. His son, Julian Kane, inherited the kingdom and embarked on a journey to destroy everything his father stood for and built, the Alliance. In season one, Julian began his attack on the nation and on the other territories as he takes the steps to eliminate all competition, so he will be the wrestling equivalent of the NFL or the NBA. The other kings of the ring all react in their own ways, some in denial, some seeing opportunity, some hoping to merely survive, but none saw it coming. We rejoin the story with episode 17, where previously Diamond Donnie Gold ran a major angle on MTV to set up the Empire Mania match with Sylvester Stallone, although partner Killian Cavanaugh's botch may have screwed things up. Gabriel Angel struggles to accept the wrestler his father chose to portray his new brother, as is the rest of the locker room. Empire newcomers Corporal Punishment Michael Angel and Leroy Brown, along with Empire vet Tarzan Kidd, continue to struggle sharing second fiddle status to champion Thor Hansen. The All-American Dan Sanders is an unrestricted free agent since becoming the first Empire wrestler to leave Julian Kane and his first stop has been All South Wrestling, where he's taken a shine to Chris Stanley, the nephew of ASW owner Burt Ironside. Also, Julian Kane orchestrated a buyout of SCW out of Atlanta from Nigel Davies, Les Henderton, and Bob Walker to secure the cable TV slot on WVBS on Saturdays at 6.05. And Crusher Krawcheck sat at home and watched Empire announce their debut show in Crusher's own backyard of St. Louis, and had the answers in the form of 48 ounces of cold blue steel. Today's episode features the guest voice talents of Cyrus Fees and L.A. Smooth, and would be rated M.A. for profanity and sexual dialogue. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Kings of the Ring. Nigel Davies walks the carpeted hallways of the Valiant Building in downtown Atlanta, the American headquarters of the Jack Valiant Corporate Empire. Large pictures of victory line the walls, the old yet still powerful-looking old man standing before his various media conquests, including VNN, the first 24-hour news network, and of course, the superstation WVBS. He's ready for you, Mr. Davies. Mr. Valiant's secretary presses a button under the desk, and the oversized oaken double doors automatically open. A nervous Nigel takes a deep breath and enters. As the doors close behind him, he sees the billionaire Jack Valiant, sleeves of his $500 dress shirt rolled up, carrying an enormous rhino head mounted on a board and drops it on his $50,000 Romanian wood desk. (laughs) <clears throat> Nigel, blimey, you made it. And you aside for sore eyes. I barely remember what you look like, old man. 
We're the same age, Jack, and it hasn't been that long. Isn't it? Crikey, guess it just feels like it's been years since so much around here has changed. Nigel steps into the office, past the various animal heads mounted on the walls, and other taxidermied carcasses on the floor or in display cases. Speaking of which, where is this Julian Kane fucker? The one who bought SCW from you ninnies and put his company in its place, on my telly station. Um, uh, he is still in New York, uh, making preparations for Empire Mania. Empire what? It's the biggest wrestling show of the year, to be held in Madison Square Garden. You are my favourite pam, but I expect to see that bloody yank right here in front of me face. I take his absence as an insult. I do apologise, as does Julian, but I assure you I am fully authorised to speak on his behalf. I am a loyal second-in-command at the Empire Wrestling Federation. And so you are, Nigel. So you are. He climbs back up the ladder and sets another nail and hammers it into a wooden post sticking out of the wall. When I was a kid, just a wee fucker, there was this dingo who kept murdering our chickens. While you were up sipping tea with the queen and getting tummy rubs from your butler, I was living on a bloody farm in the outback, raising our food on our land. And all these fucking chooks, my tea, getting stolen and eaten by this bloody dingo. My mum gave me a rifle and said, Son, you kill that fucking dingo and don't you come back till it's done. I sat in and waited for hours, hiding in the bush, using them chooks as living bait. And sure enough, that fucker showed his head just long enough for me to blast its guts to smithereens. He turns and faces Nigel. It was that that gave me the taste for the hunt, for the conquest. He paces around the desk, holding the hammer as if it were a weapon, killing imaginary animals. After that, I wanted to hunt other things, so I went after more dingoes, and then crooks. Then I did me walk about round the globe, started hunting other game. Zebras, gazelles, working my way up the food chain, all the way up to fuckers like this. He pats the head of the rhino and hoists it up. <laughs> I took a very interesting walk into the VBS studio some weeks ago. <clears throat> he sets the rhino head on the post. You know what I saw? Nigel shakes his head. An empty studio arena where there was once rowdy fans and live fights. There are now cobwebs, dust, and memories. I assure you, Jack, this is only temporary. You remember when I first made the deal with you? Over 12 years ago. Bringing this local wrestling to TV. This group. They would sell out that old Bell Auditorium every week, right? He brushes his hands off. And picks up a small towel from his desk and wipes his forehead. And at that time, SCW was the number one show on the entire station. Which allowed me to get the Atlanta Braves. And after that, NASCAR. Then one thing after another, which eventually led to me creating the first ever 24-hour news network and became one of the leaders of the burgeoning cable television industry. And for that, I will always be grateful to you and the role wrestling played in Valiant Enterprises. He drops the towel on the desk. But you know what you don't see on my wall? Betwixt the zebras, the bullheads and this new rhino. 
you don't see that bloody dingo that I first killed. As important as that hunt and kill was, I moved on to much bigger and better things. We are weeks away from an historic presidential election and VNN is growing by the day. We need to put all of our energies into covering this event. And what I don't need is the destruction of this wrestling show, the sale of which you orchestrated, Nigel, and is fast becoming a major pain in my ass. A pain that I don't have the time for, nor do I want to make time for. I understand, sir. Julian's priorities are under a, a temporary shift. I assure you, Focus on Empire Wrestling in Atlanta will return at the start of the new year. Jack looks at Nigel with his powerful brown eyes. You have six months to manage this, or I'll find my own way out of this shemozzle. Now fuck off. Diamond Donny Gold in his training gear, just like the old days back at the barn in Elkhorn, Wisconsin with Charlie Gotch, was sitting in the back of a taxi cab in Los Angeles on a typical California sunny day. As the car passes underneath palm tree after palm tree, Donnie is lost in thought, picturing himself in the ring with Sylvester Stallone before 20,000 screaming fans, with photographers from every major sport and entertainment magazine snapping pictures of it all. He doesn't even think about getting pinned anymore. No one will remember that. He'll just remember this amazing contest he had with Sylvester Stallone that'll make old Sly look like a million bucks. He knows he can do this. Donnie looks out the window and sees the iconic white Hollywood letters up on Mount Lee. Donnie can see it all. No more simple wrestling fans. It's mainstream America from here on out. Magazine covers, talk shows, being on the Eddie Carr talk show, maybe movies like Thor, or even a guest spot on BJ and the Bear or the Dukes of Hazzard. It'll all happen. Hobnobbing with Sly and more celebrities. Diamond Donny Gold pictures himself walking down the red carpet for a movie premiere with one of Charlie's angels on each arm. <laughs> oh yeah! But you have to do the work. Donny Gold is ready. He's not going to blow this. He wipes beads of sweat from his brow. Can't tell if it's from the heat or a reaction from not drinking the night before, for once. He burps up a little breakfast as he looks at his Rolex that's ticking past 11.30. You almost there, brother? Very close. His driver responds with a thumbs up. Donnie thinks of the techniques Charlie Gotch would use on he and other men to train them as they pull up to a warehouse where a black stretch limousine is leaving? Here you go, man. Donnie steps out of the car and pulls out his wallet when he sees a sweaty Killian Kavanaugh towel around his neck step out of the warehouse laughing with some other guy, probably one of Stallone's people. Donnie checks his watch again, which says 11.45. Hey, Donnie, bad time you got here. You missed all the fun. This Stallone's a fucking natural in the ring. Donnie can't believe it. But I'm early. You ain't fucking early. We've been here since nine. You're probably drunk again, golden boy. Come on, lad. Sly just left, but join the rest of us for a pint. As they walk away laughing, Donnie turns to the cabbie. You pal, let's beat it. 
as Donnie Gold approaches the LAX airport from his taxi. He realizes he wasn't late. He was exactly where Julian Kane wanted him to be. The All-American Dan Sanders on set stands looking straight into the camera, microphone in hand. That's why it will be an honor to defeat you, Jesse James, for the World Heavyweight title at the Battle of the Stars in Greensboro on Thanksgiving night. How's that, Pops? Pops, the head of TV production for All South Wrestling, is leaning up against the wall, rubs the baseball cap off his graying head, and scratches it impatiently while looking up at the clock. I know we have to do this for Charlotte since we're all in the alliance and all, but can we just go home now and call it a day? Sanders steps off set, and Chris Stanley has a look on his face. What did you think? Um, so this being sent to Charlotte as the only setup to you and Jesse James for the uh, Thanksgiving show? Yeah. Jesse is the one booking for them, right? Yeah. Did he give you any direction what he was looking for? He said I'm coming in as the heel empire champion. I don't know how to do heel. Julian wanted me to be heel. Completely change who I was. I refused. I can't act that part. And too much goodwill with the fans built up to just throw that away. Well, how much goodwill do you have with the fans in North Carolina? Um, none. So why do you care what they think? Those fans hate you. Why? Because you're from the Empire. Julian is the Empire, not me. <laughs> There's no difference. You are that enemy from New York. They may not know everything about you, but they know you. The Digest, uh, occasional TV, some clips. They knew you were the man for years up there, while Donnie Gold was the man down here, while Crusher Krawcheck was the man down here, and while Jesse James is the man now. Screw you, Dan Sanders. You think you can come down here and beat the outlaw? Hey, you know that brawling that you can't stand? Yeah. Well, guess what? We fucking love that shit. And while you're trying to wrestle our man to the ground and score takedown points, Jesse James will flick you off his back and beat the shit out of you from pillar to post with his fists. And with every punch he lands on that stupid face of yours, we are going to clap and cheer because you are the Empire Champion. You are the company that worships cartoons like that Viking Thor Hansen. You're the one who doesn't okay, know. Okay, I got it. I got it. Randy, let's go again. Dan Sanders walks back in on set in front of the camera. On Thanksgiving night at Battle of the Stars, 20,000 fans in the Greensboro Coliseum will witness the ultimate wrestling lesson at the hands of me, Dan Sanders, the greatest empire champion in history. Jesse James, your outlaw days are over. And I will willingly walk away from the Empire and the real arenas in Boston, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, New York City to come to North Carolina to show you what a real wrestler looks like. I will tie you in knots, Jesse James, and win the WWA World Heavyweight title and take it back. In St. Louis, Missouri, the Empire Wrestling Federation is ready to make its debut in the full-size St. Louis Arena. Corporal Punishment, Michael Angel, Tarzan Kidd, and Leroy Brown walk up to Julian Kane. Hey, Julian, 
Luthor ain't here tonight? Leroy asks. No. Dang How are we going to get the people back next month? He built the whole show around here. We have strong TV on the AC channel. And they're fucking marks. They'll be back. So who's taking a spot in the six-man? Well, we're in St. Louis, so you and Michael are already locked up. As for the third spot, someone will get made tonight. Don't look at me. If I take a spot, the fans will have heat with me for not being Thor. Fine. Corporal punishment it is. Thank you, sir. I'll be happy to assume that role, Julian, and the main event payoff that comes with it. Yeah, divided six ways. Julian starts walking away. Tarzan goes after him. Yo, Julian, you got a sec. We're all fighting for scraps at those leftovers. This was my territory before all those guys came here. Now we're all sitting around, dicks in a hand, waiting for our shots. Thor ain't even here half the time. He's shooting movies, doing TV interviews, but we're here busting our humps. How come none of us are holding the belt? Because you're Thor's friends. I ain't his fucking friend. Fuck that guy. No. It's like every cartoon that draws, from Flash Gordon to fucking He-Man. Because every episode is about the adventures of He-Man, the top guy and his friends. That's Empire, the adventures of Thor Hansen and his friends. You. I don't want to be his fucking friend. I want to be the top guy. Julian puts his arm around Tarzan's shoulder. The show people are paying to see is Thor Hansen and his friends. And that show puts a lot of butts in the seats. Now think about this and appreciate this. Man at Arms might not be the star of the show or making He-Man money, but he's getting the biggest payoffs of his life. Cringer is driving a new Porsche and doing more blow than he can even fit up his nose. Even fucking Orko is getting more pussy than he can shake a stick at. Instead of fighting for what you don't have, take a step back, realize what you do have, and embrace the role. Can I be Skeletor? Nigel Davies and Les Henderson walk by. No, that's somebody else. I have to go. Julian walks after Nigel and Les. What's the house? Strong, Julian. We're looking at over 15,000 for our St. Louis debut. I know we're not head-to-head tonight, but I know we're taking people away from Heartland. Their house at the Key last week was down. Old Crusher picked the worst time to buy out his partners at Heartland. And since Charlie took Goliath away, there aren't any drawers left for him. Well, Jesse James is supposed to come in to pop the gate next month with world title. Uh, I mean the, the WWE title. But he's so busy in Charlotte. Ah yes, the CWA. How adorable. Go ahead, Jesse. Be the king of your tiny little castle. Carolina Territory might just be two states, but their closed-circuit debut made a killing with Lohar and Hercules vs. Southern Rebels blow-off. It was the equivalent of a stadium show. It drew over 30,000 fans throughout North and South Carolina for that one show. Really? Julian, about the training. I know you made the switch, but I don't think Killian can work Stallone. It's gonna be the shits. I'm not surprised. Killian's an elite performer, but not much for work rates. But I'm not going back to Donnie. It's too late. But we can still mask it. And I think our solution is right in front of our eyes. Julian looks at the set as Donnie Gold, Killian Kavanaugh, Jack Trades, and Tama assume their interview position in front of the camera. 
Get Donny out of there. Doesn't make sense anymore. He's just a distraction. He's out of the stable. You sure? Julian nods back at Henderson. Donny, why don't you step off set? Uh, this one's just gonna be uh, those two and Jack. Donnie steps off while still wearing his furry, sparkly robe. What's going on? What does it look like, Gold? You fucked up. You had your big shot on MTV and ruined the angle. And as usual, I have to pick up the fucking pieces. Julian, I didn't fuck up anything. I did exactly what we You're said. You're out, Gold. I don't need guys who refuse to do the job. But I didn't. All I said was... When I asked Killian to put over Sylvester Stallone, not a second's hesitation. As long as the check clears, I'm yours, are the exact words he said to me. That's how you need to be. You're my employee. Julian, you have to understand. Just get off set and get ready for your match. You're a distraction on and off the camera. And we need to focus on Tama and Killian now. Everyone in the room looks down in awkward silence, while Donnie storms out of the building. Killian? Killian Kavanaugh? Just continues looking into the camera setting his best angle, preparing for the interview. The Angel Boys, Gabriel and his, quote, brother, Raphael, are working the Bruiser Brothers at the Civic Center in Dothan, Alabama. Like every night, Gabriel doesn't let on how he'd like to knock all of Raphael's teeth out and instead leads the crowd to support Raphael. Jake, of the Bruisers, locks up Raphael in a collar and elbow tie-up. While their faces are hidden from the fans by their interlocking arms, Jake says, Headlock. Raphael yanks the inside of Jake's arm with his right and pulls Jake's head towards him by the back of his neck and cinches in a standing headlock. With Jake's face buried in Raphael's arm and body, he says, I'll shoot you in, drop down, nail Bobby, then hit it again. Raphael has a bothered look on his face as he focuses more on flexing his arms to show off his muscular definition to the fans. What? Shoot you in the ropes, drop down, nail Bobby, then get it again. Wait, wait, do what? As Jake and Raphael continue this tense conversation in the ring, Gabriel and the Dothan fans curiously observe Raphael Angel pulling Jake along in this headlock while they slowly walk around the ring in a complete circle. Jake impatiently and pissed off. I will throw you in the ropes and fall down. You will jump over me and hit Bobby in the face and then put me back in a headlock. Ah, that's too much shit. Fuck it. Tag out. Raphael lets go of Jake and immediately tags Gabriel. Whatever. You deal with this, Jabron. Gabriel grits his teeth in a forced smile for the fans as he almost rips the top rope off the ring just so we could strangle this guy with it. Back in St. Louis, now Henderson, did you get that gimmick? Les Henderson picks up a grocery bag and pulls out a wide cone-shaped straw hat, the ones worn on the rice fields in Vietnam. Here you go, Tama. Uh, I'm Samoan. We don't wear those. Never mind what Samoans wear. This is wrestling, and that coconut shit isn't making money. You need to be more oriental. Whatever you say, boss. Tama puts the hat on as he and Jack struggle to tie it under his chin as his large afro pushes the hat off. Start adding some karate moves, too. You're going to be going up against fucking Rambo, so you need to start resembling the heels in that movie. 
You're not Tama anymore. You're Kong the Destroyer. We need to move into a higher gear as we build towards Empire Mania. Veteran manager Jack Trades is concerned. You're switching his gimmick. He was just on MTV as Tama. Wrestling fans don't pay that close attention to detail. Well, I, I have to say something to explain that. <sighs> Jesus Christ. Just say anything. Say his mother was raped by a Samoan or something, so he's half. Oh, wait a second, butter. Time is money. Let's do this now. Jack looks down at the floor, trying to think of what to say, as the veteran Empire interview man, Gary King, stumbles onto the set. Jack Trey looks over in disgust, waving the smell away with his hand. For Christ's sakes, Gary, switching to gin? Bite the big one, Jack. Sylvester Stallone and Thor Hansen. Let me burst your delusions of grandeur. He puts his arm around Tama. This creature you see before you, this animal, is half Samoan, half Oriental, and all beast. And we now embrace his mother's Oriental race as she summoned the ancient Oriental spirits and imbued them into her son to prepare him for the journey ahead. He is now and forever Kong the Destroyer! Gary King, without saying a word, dramatically moves the microphone to Killian Kavanaugh, who has an intense look of seriousness on his face. Tor Hansen, Sylvester Stallone, you think I'm afraid of either of you? When I got this beast behind me, I put the stable together months ago. I paid them to get to you. Don't you see? Donny Gold stands outside the rear door of the St. Louis Arena, still in his furry robe, smoking a cigarette, trying to calm down, when a long, hulking Cadillac pulls up, which Donny immediately recognizes. Crusher Crutchick. Boy, am I glad to see your friendly face. Donnie holds his hand out to shake the man's hand, who once passed the torch of the world title to him at the very first Battle of the Stars on Thanksgiving 1982 in Greensboro. Good to see you, brother. Stepping by to visit the boys? But Crusher seems preoccupied. Where's Julian? They're cutting promos in the big room. He's with them. Crusher opens the door. Back inside, the interviews have stopped as Julian Kane is dressing down the entire locker room, or in a large semicircle in front of him. You're still spooked about Donnie Gold? Enough already, people. Learn the lesson from this. I don't give a fuck who you are. When you're out in that ring when the cameras are on, you better deliver. Because I have no patience for anyone's bullshit anymore. This is my fucking show, and I need Empire and this entire fucking company to make money. Because the only way any of you make money is if I make my money first. The wrestlers look up wide-eyed and slowly back away from Julian. You got it? I said, you got it. What the fuck? What are you guys? Julian turns around and sees Crusher Krawcheck standing about 10 feet away. One finger over his mouth, the other hand holding a 44 Magnum pointed right at him. Julian Kane. We had seven territories, 
and a lot more satellites scattered about. Every territory, at least 30 guys apiece, everyone working, everyone making a living, putting food on our tables, more than a dozen shows on every night, entertaining tens of thousands of fans across the continent every night. You're killing that. You rated every member of the WWA of their top guys. You stole our TV. You invaded our lands. You are killing the business. I'm not though. I'm making wrestling bigger. You're making cartoon wrestling an empire bigger and us poorer. I'm taking guys who are living comfortable and making them millionaires. You could be one of them, Crusher. You should join us. The room is filled with almost the entire Empire roster and crew watching every second of this. More lies. You're going to make two or three millionaires and 40 other guys wondering what the hell went wrong with the empty promises of Julian Kane. Michael Angel, Leroy Brown, and Corporal Punishment are standing in shock, but at the same time, heeding Crusher's words. And bit by bit, day by day, month by month, you're going to slowly put over 300 wrestlers out of work on top of dozens of promoters, referees, secretaries, everybody. You already put Atlanta out of business, and now you're doing the same to Heartland, and it'll be someone else tomorrow, until one day all that will be left is Empire and your skeleton crew. Crusher reaches into his inside pocket and pulls out a cigar while keeping the gun pointed at Julian. Tall Paul Mulligan, who wouldn't even be a wrestler if not for Crusher, steps over and lights his idle cigar with a lighter and then steps back. Crusher takes a big puff and exhales a flume of smoke. Please, Crusher, put down the gun and let's talk. You're not talking your way out of this one, punk. Julian swallows hard as the St. Louis Arena's veteran security guards stand off the side at the ready. One of the age-old questions we ask of mankind. If you could go back in time and be put in a room with a gun and baby Hitler, what would you do? Could you prevent the millions of Jews roasted alive? The millions of soldiers and innocents killed because of the vision of one man by pulling the trigger on a baby? And my answer, without hesitation. Crusher clicks off the safety and points at Julian's chest. The entire locker room is completely frozen. 
You're damn right I would. And pulls the trigger. Crusher, no! the trigger a second time, and again only a click is heard as the empty cylinder of the gun rotates. Everyone is looking at Julian Kane as a large wet circle forms around his crotch, and urine spills out of his pant leg onto the smooth concrete floor. Oh my, looks like I forgot to load it. I won't forget next time. He takes one step towards Julian. Don't you ever run St. Louis again. He puts his gun back in its holster and turns to walk away. He takes one big puff from his cigar as the boys and the security guards who are like family part like the Red Sea for him as he smiles and walks away. Crusher Krawcheck is a legend. Bert Ironside in his Dallas office, reading glasses on the end of his nose. Peyton Thomas walks in holding a porcelain cup of Sanka coffee and his car keys. Morning, boss. What can I do you for? Peyton sits down in a chair in front of Bert's desk. Word round the campfire is Jack Valiant's not happy with Julian Kane. Can't blame him. Julian totally jobbed out that Saturday night show. No, I mean he's really not happy. Oh? I got us a meeting. Hot damn! Kayfabe this, Peyton. Don't tell nobody. I don't want any of this getting stooged out. Especially to Jesse James. That son of a bitch holding my Southern Rebels hostage fucking up my main program. Jack Valiant is hot to trot, and I got a good feeling the first dick to walk through that door is gonna get some pussy. Yeah, so what does this mean? It means we're gonna get all South Wrestling on WVBS. Thanks as always for listening as the end of the Kings of the Ring is just around the corner with only three episodes left. Julian Kane is putting it all on the line with Empire Mania as he slowly shapes the show of all shows with Sylvester Stallone wrestling in the main event, officially not against Diamond Donnie Gold. And if the possibility of losing control and ownership to Sal Spinelli and Louis Janopoulos wasn't enough, Burt Ironside is trying to get on WVBS Charlie Gotch has made Goliath, the new AMW American champion, behind a string of sold-out shows. Jesse James has made the Carolinas one of the hottest territories in the country, with one of the largest gates of the year, with the first-ever use of closed-circuit TV. And now, Crusher Krawcheck threatened Julian's life to turn around from the proverbial gates of St. Louis and never come back. Join us for episode 18, Thanksgiving. The biggest night in wrestling.